morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. All of you, amen. It's been great to worship God together. I'm going to speak to you for a moment. I'm going to really start with just one verse of Scripture. And I'm going to read it in your hearing, and then I'll let you be seated. It's Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14. And I'm going to read, first of all, from the King James Version. The Bible says, And Abraham called the name of the place, what did he call it? Jehovah Jireh. Someone say Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. We're going to talk about Jehovah Jireh. I want to read the same verse today in the New King James Version because it kind of tells us what the name Jehovah Jireh is. Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. I want you to say that. I want you to, first of all, think about something in your life you need God to do, a provision you're needing in your life. And I want you to declare, we can say the name Jehovah Jireh, which we'll say again in this service, but I want you to say the English equivalent to what Jehovah Jireh really means. And I want you to say, the Lord will provide. I want you to say it. One, two, three. One, two, three. Do you believe that? Abraham found in the midst of one of his biggest tests in life, the Lord will provide. Goes on to say in that verse, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We're thankful, God, that it is forever settled in heaven. God, we don't got to wonder about it, but we can, God, have confidence that your word is true, that your word is alive, that your word wants to minister to our situations today. God, here we are in June of 2021, God, and there are people in this room, God, they need to be reminded again today that, God, you're our provider You're the one that will provide in our situation. You will provide today, God. You will do what's needed in this place. And God, we look to you in faith, God, in confidence in your word that you're going to see it done. And everybody said in Jesus' name, God bless you as you are seated. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. You know what, when we think about God, what comes to mind? When you think about God and who he is, what's the thing that comes to mind? It's important that we think correctly when it comes to God. I have my ideas about God, and you have your ideas about God. But really, my idea and your idea is not worth much unless it's founded in this book right here. Because some people have ideas about God that are messed up. Some people have ideas about God that are right. 
And even the people that have ideas that are messed up, they could present it in such a way that it sounds good. But it's important today that we understand who God is based on this book. I don't want to just know what you think about God. I want to, don't just want to know what some preacher thinks about God. I want to know what the Bible tells us about God. You know, throughout the Old Testament, God revealed himself along the way depending upon the need. It's called the progressive revelation of who God is in the Old Testament. God, at, at the beginning, never revealed all of himself at one time. In fact, he revealed parts of himself. He revealed aspects of himself at different times. We, we know from the word of God that the Old Testament covenant name of God is Jehovah. Someone say Jehovah. Jehovah simply means I am. In fact, God told Moses a little bit later, as God was revealing himself to Moses, who shall I say is going to send you to this people, to this Pharaoh? Who, who shall I say? He said, I am that I am. The I am is sending you to Pharaoh. Everything you need, I am. Whatever the situation might be you find yourself in, whatever the need is today, the word of God says, I am. That's who he is. He's the I am. So depending upon your situation, depending upon your need, God would reveal who he was in a particular situation. Just a couple of examples of compound names. You know, you've heard about the compound names of Jehovah, right? We talked about one in this verse, Jehovah Jireh. I am provider. There was other times, there's, there's eight different ones of these in the word of God. I am your shepherd. I am your righteousness. I am your victory. I, whatever you need in a situation, God becomes that in your life. But today we're going to talk about Jehovah Jireh. I am provider. I am the Lord who will provide. And every time God revealed more of himself, it was adding to our knowledge of God and his greatness and his character and, and who God really is. And I'm glad we're on this side of all of that. And we now know who God is. Whatever your need is today, we know God can do it. God can meet it. God can answer. Do you ever wonder, when I get old, who's going to provide for me? Do you ever, ever have those thoughts? Who's going to take care of me down the road? You know, as human beings, we're taught to be self-reliant. We're taught to take care of ourselves. You know, what we're teaching our kids as they're growing up in our homes. You know, get to, you got to get to learn how to do that on your own. You got to be able to take care of yourself. You got to, you know, forge your own way and get a good education and get a good job and get a good career because you got to, there's no one else going to look out for you. That's how we're taught. That's how we teach our kids. But, but that's good at some parts, but on the other part, people sometimes in our culture take it a little too far that they don't need anybody else. And they get to the point where they don't even need God in their lives. Because they've got the tiger by the tail. 
And they, they're, they're not needing anything. They're not needing God until there's a crisis. Until there's a moment in time and an experience that comes their way when they realize I can't do this on my own. When they realize I'm in a situation, I'm up against a wall, and I've got no way to turn. There's only one way to turn at that point, and that's to look to God who has the answer to every situation. Some of you today, you're in a tough place. I'm thinking of of Debbie today. You know, here she is. She's a relatively young relatively young. She's, she's probably close to my age, I think. You know, she's a young lady, and here she's dealing with this sight problem. Who wants to deal with this mess? None of us do. Gary's over here, and he's dealing with, with issues with dizziness and confusion. Who wants to deal with all that? We sometimes find ourselves in a tough place, a relationship problem, a sickness, a financial trouble, a death of a loved one that Sister Cecile is dealing with right now so unexpectedly. I don't know if those of you that are on social media, our dear friend Raymond Woodward, he's my age, his younger brother died on Friday night with a heart attack. Young kids, a a son in college, Bible college, a young son that's still, I think he's just getting into high school, found him in his house, slumped over his computer, working on stuff for Sunday. Just 56, I believe, years old. Unexpected. We pray for the Woodward family. We pray for the Haney family. We pray for the those that are affected by this tragic thing. When you find yourself in a tough place, when you don't know who's going to see you through, when you don't know how it's going to turn out, you don't have any clue how the end is going to come. Who's going to provide? Who's going to take care? I'm grateful to tell this congregation today there's a God in heaven whose name is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Hallelujah. We all like that part, but not very many of us like the thing that we've had to go through to see God become Jehovah Jireh in our lives. I'm going to tell you today, you're only going to get to know God as your provider when you find yourself in the middle of your trial, when you find yourself in the middle of your test, and you've got nowhere else to go to but to God who can provide for your situation. I'm going to use this great story of Abraham here in the book of Genesis chapter 22 as my source of thoughts today. Genesis 22 and 1 says, Now it came to pass after these things that God, God, excuse me, God tested Abraham? I don't know for sure, but perhaps God's allowed these things to come into our lives to test us. God tested Abraham, said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Now the background for this story in in Genesis 22 is Abraham. We know the story that God promised to bless Abraham. His seed would be as the sand of the seashore and as the stars of the heaven. God says that through Abraham, the whole world would be blessed. There was going to be a promised son that's going to come in your old age, Abraham. And we've talked about that a few months ago, him and Sarah. 
that there was going to be this promised son that was going to come. So he had the son. Or Sarah had the son, I should say. He had his, his, his beloved son. His son named Isaac. The promised son had come. But God says in verse 1, there's going to be a test coming, Abraham. Verse 2 tells us the test. He says, now take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. What am I going to do with my son? Go to the land of Moriah and offer, uh, offer him there as a burnt offering? The promised son? The one that through me all the nations of the world will be blessed? The one that's going to provide me offspring as the sands of the seashore and the stars of the heaven? Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. That is a big test. I'm telling you what. God was asking Abraham for the thing that he loved the most. He, he, was, he was given a test that you and I would not want to have to take. How horrifying that God would ask such a thing. Doesn't make sense. Have you ever questioned God with some of the things God's asking you to do? Ever had some questions for I've had some questions for God. I've wondered why. I remember when I was single for a very long time. I had all kinds of questions for God. Like, is she on the planet? Somewhere on this planet. Lewis, it's, it's going to be all right, okay? You're young. Very young. I just pray you don't have to wait as long as I had to wait, okay? When you don't understand why something's happening, Debbie, when you don't understand, and you got questions for God, when things are not making a whole lot of sense, Sometimes we like to be we like like the, the the secretary for God and say God like I'd like you to do it this way. How many of you ever like to tell God a few things and how we'd like Him to work things out? Uh, God, I wouldn't have done it quite that way. I, I would have maybe tweaked this a little bit over here and shortened this a little bit right here. You know, we don't like to take the test that God brings to us sometimes because the tests are not always easy to take. We don't like how the test takes us down roads we don't want to walk down. We'd like to be God's assistant and say, God, just, just funnel the plans through me so that I can approve them or disapprove. Does it make sense? Okay, God, if it makes sense, go ahead and do that one. Is it fair? Okay, if it's fair, God, you can do this. If, if, if I agree and I really want you to do that, okay, God, but we don't get that option with God. If we really want to get to know God as Jehovah, Jireh, as our provider, as our miracle worker, as the one that comes through in crunch time, we have to go through some tests. Abraham's test was just so severe. Take Isaac. Your only son, that promised son, Isaac, to Mount Moriah and offer him to me as a burnt offering. 
I just want you to notice that that's a severe request. But here's what I want you to get today in verse 3. Notice the response of Abraham. I don't know about you, but I know how I am. I probably would have had some arguments with God. How many would agree with Pastor Steve? You would have had a few arguments. Notice what Abraham does in verse 3. And Abraham rose. Okay, he didn't didn't sleep in that morning. He didn't prolong and wait till noon. He rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place God had told him. I don't see any hesitancy. I don't see any resistance. I don't see any stalling in those verses. He obeyed. His response was immediate. He rose early. He took Isaac, his son, and he went to the place of which God told him. As they're going along in verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering laid it on Isaac, his son. Now, they tell us that Isaac was probably 17-ish years old. I'm sure Isaac was at the stage of life he could have taken his dad. Abraham was old. He was up there in years. Isaac was at peak strength. I'm sure there was a day that I was pretty good with Luke, but he's got to the point now where I just, I just don't even re- bother resisting sometimes because I don't want to get hurt in the process. Is that not true? <laughs> I just say, I, I, don't hurt my shoulder, don't hurt my hand, don't hurt my wrist. Like, he's got stronger all of a sudden, and it's like, okay. Not only did Abraham have confidence and faith in the God he served, but there was something in the life of Isaac that was willing to lay on the pile and let Abraham put the wood of the burnt offering on Isaac. Took the fire in his hand and knife and two of them went together. This is along the way. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac wasn't a dummy. He'd he'd been to worship with daddy before. He'd gone to sacrifice to God before. And he says, I see the fire. I see the wood. But where is the lamb? For sacrifice. We get that way sometimes. God, I, I see what you're doing here and I see what you're doing there, but, but I don't see how this is going to work out, God. H- how is this going to add up? We, we see the bills. I've got bills, God, and I've got more bills than I've got income. God, I don't see how this is going to work this month. Or, or I've got this sickness or I'm dealing with this issue situation and i don't see how god you're going to work this one out but the bible lets us know that abraham was a man who walked by faith 
In fact, as we've been studying the book of Romans, the Bible says that he had such great faith that it was counted to him as righteousness. It was accredited to his account because of his faith. He got an A on the test because of his great faith. Because he knew what God asked, and his response was, let's go. So when he was asked by his son, I see that there's wood and I see that there's fire, but where is the sacrifice? Notice in verse 8 how Abraham responds. He says, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. He didn't hum and haw. He didn't question how it was going to work out. He just says, God will provide for himself a sacrifice. God will provide for himself a lamb. In fact, most Bible scholars say that he was prophesying right there, that there was coming a lamb that was going to be the sacrifice for your sins and your sins and your sins. God was going to come himself and he was going to robe himself in flesh and he was going to be the sacrifice that would be for the sins of the whole world. Isaac says, where's the lamb? Without hardly even thinking about it, Abraham says, God will provide himself a lamb. What great faith Abraham had. Hallelujah. He, he just had a trust. Now, I've got two things that Abraham had in his faith. He had trust and he had obedience. Two critical elements to faith. The first one, trust. It was his total reliance upon God. Did Abraham have feelings? Yes. I'm sure his mind was racing. I'm sure as he was walking and traveling to that mountain that his emotions were on a roller coaster ride. I'm sure he had a lump in his throat. I'm sure as he kept moving, he, he had, his stomach was in knots because he knew what he was getting ready to do. He didn't know how it was going to turn out, but he had a trust in his God. If you've got a situation, you don't know how it's going to turn out. If you can trust in the word of God, if you can trust in God's plan, if you can trust in God's purpose, God will see you through. He'd been through some tests in the past. He'd proven this God. He trusted in this God. And his only answer to Isaac was God will provide. I don't know how it's going to happen, but God will provide. I don't know how it's going to work out, but he had a trust. He had a confidence. He had so much confidence in what he was trusting in, and he wasn't trusting in his bank account. He wasn't trusting in his good looks or his health. He was trusting in Almighty God that he had seen work in the past. His confidence was in God. Amen? Where's your confidence today? Where's your confidence today? Is your confidence in your doctor? Is your confidence in your bank account? Forget all that. What you need to have confidence in and trust in is almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, I want you to notice in verse 5, we didn't read that. We jumped over it a minute ago. But, but notice Abraham's statement of faith. He didn't know how God was going to turn it around. But this is what he said. He said, stay here with the donkey to the young men that are with him. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. 
didn't say, I'm going to go with Isaac and worship and I'm going to come back. He said, we are coming back. He didn't know how God was going to turn it around. He didn't know how God was going to work it out. But he had confidence in his God. He trusted in his God that God was going to see it come to pass. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter in the word of God, gives us a little more insight into what was going on in Abraham's mind and heart. It says in verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, someone say tested. He offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. He concluded, verse 19 says, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. He says, God, if you're you're taking me to this mountain to offer him, you're able to raise him even from the dead. Now, he didn't have to go through with that. We know the end of the story. He didn't have to do it, but God was testing him. And he says, it was on to say in verse 19, from which he also received him back. Basically saying, it's, it's like he did. He was so willing. It's like he offered him in a figurative sense. Abraham trusted God in such a way that if it were required by his God to offer up Isaac, as it didn't make sense in his mind, he knew that God would raise him up. He had trust. Someone say trust. He also had obedience. Because when God said to go, he went. Verse verse 8, the latter part, the last few words of verse 8 says this. I'm not sure if it's there for you, Sam, or not. There it is. So the two of them went together. He just, they, they just went together, ready to worship. He knew that God was going to see him through. That's what obedience looks like. Up on the mountain, his knife was in hand. Lump in his throat, tears in his eyes, probably wondering how it was going to work out. But he was trusting God. And in his trust, he says, I'm going to obey what God says, it might not make sense to me. It might be foolish in my mind. But if God says it, I'm going to keep on moving. I'm going to keep on trucking. I'm going to see what God will do. God's going to show up if we obey him. He's never let me down before. Life church, there's no substitute for obeying. Thus saith the word of God. Where is God calling you to obey him right now? What's God challenging you to sacrifice to him right now? It may be hard, yes. But I want to tell you today, when you decide that you're going to obey God, even though it might be hard, even though it doesn't make sense, it is then that you will see the miraculous power of God at work in your life. It's then that you will get to know God as your provider. It's then that you will get to know him as your Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide and when it's over when the story is written you will have a story to tell when it's done that test will be turned into a testimony of what God can do verse 9 they came to the place of which God had told him 
And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and bound up Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. This is God speaking. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. It's amazing how he didn't hear anything about any rams prior to this moment. I'm sure a ram caught in a thicket with his horns locked in there would make a little bit of noise. But he didn't hear any ram prior to that moment. He turned around, there was a ram caught in the thicket by its horn. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his promised son, Isaac. I just find it so ironic that the answer to his situation, the answer to, to the, the, the situation that Abraham found himself in was nearby. I want to tell someone to you right now at Life Church. You, you might think that you're so far from an answer. You might think that God's a long ways away and he's never going to answer and you might not ever see it. I want to tell you, just keep trusting God. Keep obeying God and the answer is nearby. He's waiting for you to just obey him. He's waiting for you to just trust him with your situation. I just see this as Abraham is climbing with Isaac with wood and knife and, and everything going up this side of the mountain. God has a ram going up the other side of the mountain that's going to be there at the right time, at the right place, and God is going to provide at the right time in his life. Keep moving forward in faith. Keep moving forward in obedience because God's got provision waiting for you. Hallelujah. He's going to bring it all together. And verse 14 says this, And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, the name of the place the Lord will provide. And as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Hallelujah. Brother Jonathan, come on back. Hallelujah. He's the God that will come through. Amen. He's the God that will come through. He's the God that will become whatever you're needing him to be today hallelujah it's amazing that you have to go to places of testing sometimes for god to know that you really are serious with god the place that god provides is always a place of testing it's never a place of ease and luxury god doesn't take you to the ritz carlton to test you okay we get to know God and his provision in a tough place, in a hard place, in a difficult place. That's where you meet Jehovah Jireh. You know, too often we want to keep the blessing. But I want to challenge you today. Do you want the blessing or do you want the one who blesses? Too often we want to hold on to our blessing. We don't want to give up the blessing. Abraham chose the one who blesses over the blessing. 
And when he did, he ended up with both. He received Isaac back, and he got to know God in a brand new level. If he had given up Isaac, I'm sorry, if he hadn't given up Isaac, he wouldn't have experienced God as Jehovah Jireh. Verse 15, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham the second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Notice verse 17, blessing I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sands which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Let's all stand in this place. I just want to encourage you, church. When you choose to worship, in the middle of your test, in the middle of your trial, when you choose to worship and trust and obey God, God sees that worship. He honors that obedience. And that's when God shows up as the God who will provide. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both, and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.